This Mother's Day, take your mom on a cruise through the amazing aisles at Half Price Books. It's a trip around the world. Invite her to spend the day with her favorite authors, actors, musicians, hobbyists, and of course, her most thoughtful kid. After all, browsing a great bookstore with a loved one is probably just her cup of tea. Hey, mom gave you the gift of reading. Return the favor during Take Mom to a Bookstore Week, May 8th through Mother's Day at Half Price Books. SRN Survival Radio Network. Invite you to join. That way you stay updated 
and you can listen to the podcast as many times as you'd like. Now, uh, this is May. As I mentioned, we have several great topics coming up this month. We'll be talking later in the month about genetic testing. As you know, the 23andMe home genetic testing was approved several weeks ago. So I'm going to have Dr. Chris Shar, a biologist and geneticist, come on the show and discuss with us the pro the pros and cons of genetic testing. Do you want to know? Do you want to know whether you are high risk for certain types of disease? And if you do, what do you do about it? We'll be talking later in the month about the benefits of massage therapy and yoga. And I will have Dr. Jeffrey Cousins on discussing heart surgery. Hopefully none of us will have to have that, but if you are a family member, do, then this would also be very informative. Now, next week, I will have Dr. William Commander. He is a hematologist-oncologist on the show. We will be talking about the causes and preventions uh, that you can take for cancer. So if you have any questions or topic ideas, please email me at Williams at weeklywellnessshow.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Dr. Aaron Williams, and again, you can go to our Facebook page. Now, today, we have an exciting and informative show for you with an interesting topic and a dynamic guest. As mentioned last week, uh, we'll be talking about grief and depression and how to cope with it. In the United States, millions of people suffer through the death of someone in their immediate family each year. That leaves several hundred thousands of widows, new widows, and new widowers. This is even an issue with children. Studies have shown that children are also affected upon the death of a parent, grandparent, sibling, or family friend. Now, we all associate grief with in terms of death, but individuals can also experience grief over other life-altering events such as divorce, losing a job, miscarriage, or even relocating to another city. So to have and to help us understand about this topic, I've asked an expert to join me today, Dr. Lashana Newton, to be our guest to help us understand and give us some advice on navigating through these situations. If we have time today, we'll take some calls uh, later on in the segment if we have time. And that number is 347-989-8385. You have to press 1, and the producer will get you on. That is 347-989-8385. But we have a lot of information to get through today, and that's going to be our priority. So with that, we will go to our first commercial break. So, please, finish your breakfast, start your lunch, stay tuned, and be informed. Well, honey, I uh, I have some news. Uh, okay, what? <laughs> All that training paid off. I got the job. Oh, I knew you would get it. 
So when do you start? When you donate stuff to Goodwill, you help provide job training for people right here in your community. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. The traditional light bulb. A groundbreaking invention in 1879. It's time we switch to longer-lasting Energy Star light bulbs. They're more efficient than the old bulbs, like a text message is more efficient than a carrier pigeon. And they cut down on our energy costs. Because in our own groundbreaking age, we deserve a light bulb that saves us some cash. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. You feel petrified. You're struggling with your mortgage payments. Not knowing what to do, you do nothing. But if you do something, you're far more likely to get the most positive outcome. Making Home Affordable is a free government program. Call 888-995-HOPE to talk one-on-one with a housing expert about your options. Call 888-995-HOPE or visit makinghomeaffordable.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters and the Ad Council. Survival Radio Network. Welcome back. It's so nice to have you. You are listening to the Weekly Wellness Show, your resource for better health on the Survival Radio Network. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Williams. Our guest today is Dr. Lashana Newton. She has an extensive and creative resume to include both her artistic as well as intellectual side. She received a bachelor's degree in biology from the Fort Valley State University as well as a master's degree in rehabilitative counseling or rehabilitation counseling. She received her doctorate in Counseling Psychology from Argosy University. She is a licensed professional counselor and a certified rehabilitation counselor. She's been in the mental health field for 15 years and has worked in a variety of settings, including the military, dealing with contracts and screening for referral and resourcing, in mental health hospitals, conducting assessments, in the private practice setting, providing counseling, and treatment centers conducting sexual abuse evaluations. Now, on her artistic side, she's an author. She's published two poetry ebooks and a romance novel. She's also a spoken word artist and a choreographer. So she has a lot to tell us today. So let's welcome to the show Dr. Lashana Newton. Good afternoon, Dr. Williams. Thank you so much. Well, we thank you so much for joining us uh, and creating some time to come on the show and really kind of help us and give us some tips on navigating through grief and depression. Um, 
just in my short reading and of course just the everyday life uh this is a this is a fact of life everyone's going to experience experience it at some point in time however it always helps if we have uh some type of uh let's say tools from the toolbox to help us cope with this right i agree i agree and it's definitely a topic that has evolved over time <clears throat> originally as you stated you know most people associated grief with death and that's not wrong but as time has passed We've come to understand that grief, like you said, is associated with any loss. And with the state of the world today, there is loss wow. looking at you around every corner. Yeah, I, I, it, and you said it. Um, uh, that's very good. I mean, with the state of the world today, uh, it's, it's really very important uh, that we all kind of become a little bit more knowledgeable about coping with this because like it or not, things are going to happen uh, and it really, um, really helps uh, to know, you know, some things that are that are normal and are not. And I, I guess we'll we'll start by defining grief. Uh, what what is the appropriate definition of that? Because we hear the term, you know, thrown around a lot. Right. Well, you know, grief is pretty simple as far as a definition. Mm. It's just your natural response to a loss. Now, I think where it gets a bit tricky is what is the source of your grief? And that then gets into variables and questions about, well, what's the normal symptoms or how long does it take for you to get over it and what should I do if I'm experiencing grief? So when you get into that and you get into the specifics of the source, that's when we can kind of help navigate through and tell you some different ways for you to handle it. Like you mentioned in the introduction, like there are so many sources of grief. Um, divorce, uh, death, of course, is associated with grief. But a lot of people may, for example, not um, take into consideration death of pets versus right. a person. And that's, that hits people really hard. Um, loss of health, any type of um, medical condition that may cause you to lose any type of physical capacities or mental capacity, you grieve that. People have been on jobs for years, and then all of a sudden they don't have that job anymore, whether it's by choice or not. Uh, financial stability, people are having to file bankruptcy, so their lifestyles are changing. Just losing a friendship or people losing children or having miscarriages, um, any type of loss related to a trauma. Like there's so many things that could be in the category of grief. But I think up until now people are not really seeing that as grief, like the term grief. And I think when you put it in context and you start to look at the symptoms of grief as it relates to your personal loss, then you can better understand how you need to tackle it. Right, right. Yeah, recognizing it, knowing that, yeah, you will experience a grief after the loss of a family member, but there's other areas of your life. Because I think what happens is this, I think you hit on a good point here. If you don't recognize that some of these other events in your life can cause grief and what you are experiencing is grief, then you don't necessarily, you know, you haven't really, quote, diagnosed it, and then therefore you don't even look at the approaches that have already been developed in your field that can that can help help with that. Uh, right. And You're I, kind I, of I clueless. You, I don't yeah. know I don't know what it is, therefore I don't know what to do. Right, right. 
Right. And and so you yeah, you're suffering but you don't know why, you know, why do I feel this way? Um and and, and that kind of thing. And and so I guess you know, a lot of us are familiar with this, but I guess, you know, what are some of the well, we've kind of looked through some of the causes, and we went through a myriad of these that are not necessarily death. You know, even selling a family home, or or or, or any other li- any any life changing event. What are some of the, I guess, some of the symptoms that one may experience? Well, you know, there could be a variety of things. Of course, you know, some of the things that you would expect: um, shock mm-hmm. and disbelief, just having a general sense of sadness. Um, feelings of guilt, feelings of anger, um, having some fear. And I think a lot of people tend to forget that these mental symptoms can develop into physical symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes when people experience a loss, they start to go through things like um, fatigue. They don't know why they're tired or they have weight loss or weight gain or um, body aches or, you know, they're sleeping uh, or sleeping too much or not enough. And they're still wondering, like, well, why am I going through this? And, you know, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like when someone goes to a doctor, generally they they might go for something physical and all they have is this, are the symptoms, but they're still not recognizing the source of it. So it makes right. it a little difficult to treat them when you're not recognizing that the source might actually be mental. Right, right. And I, I think this um, coincides, you know, I, I've heard this term psychosomatic thrown around or whatever. I mean, but, you know, you know, but, uh, you know, bare bones, you can break it down like, like hypertension. You know, we know that there are several causes of hypertension. One of them is stress. And, and you know, I, I think, you know, from a physiologic standpoint, you can you cannot have stress and still have hypertension, uh, you know, because of other physiologic reasons, you know, her, you know, uh, genes or that kind of thing. But it's certainly a contributing factor. But that's the first kind of one of the disease that pop into, pops into my mind when we when we start talking about stress and then how could that manifest itself in hypertension. But it can, I'm assuming, can can manifest itself in other diseases. Right, exactly, especially physical things. You know, um, there are several instances, you can look at movies, TV uh, TV shows, where you'll see where maybe somebody lost a job and then all of a sudden their blood pressure, they're having blood pressure issues. Or they Mm -hmm. might be having cholesterol issues, which might be related to how they're eating. Um, A lot of times we look at things in the negative, like, oh, if somebody's experiencing grief, they are not sleeping, they're not eating, um, they are not keeping up with their grooming. But we also have to keep in mind that's just one facet. Like they could be overeating or oversleeping. Mm. Like you have to look at someone's norm to kind of get a baseline for how to judge whether they are hyper or hypo in whatever their symptoms are. And so with that, that then takes you into the physical uh, realm of headaches, uh, tension headaches, migraines. Um, you know, the bottom line is stress will kill you. It really will. Like, <laughs> right. It'll kill you. You don't hear anybody talking about, you know, how happiness will kill you. But right. let someone actually go through a series of losses or traumatic events, and it begins to weigh on you, and it affects you mentally and physically, which could ultimately lead to something that could cause your death. 
Right. And, and speaking of symptoms, you know, I guess a lot of what we've mentioned, you know, is, is in adults. But what about children? Um, what have you seen or what could be some symptoms that, uh, that might manifest itself in, in a child? I think with children, the first thing that kind of popped in my head was anxiety. Mm. And that can come in the forms of, oh, gosh, that list is endless. But um, Wow. You have some kids that may do something like um, they pull out their hair or they pick at their skin or they're not able to focus or they may urinate on themselves. Um, Typical things like they may not eat as much or they may eat more than normal. Uh, Sleep patterns just like adults, you know, Mm -hmm. but if at a young age, depending on their level of maturity at that young, you know, at that young age, it, if they're not able to express it, it generally manifests itself in some way that maybe parents look at as some type of behavioral dysfunction. And mm-hmm. um, that's sad. That that really makes me feel um, sad for kids because they're not at a level where they can really express what it is that they have going on. So some of them become really angry. They may be um, – tearing up property, defacing property, or getting mm. into Or they may be the exact opposite. They may become um, focused on one thing and seem like they don't want to do anything else but this one thing because that's that one thing that takes them to their happy place, and they feel safe in that. So right. it, it could be so many different things. Yeah, I, I mean, mm, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I do think we underestimate kids and their level to, one, recognize or experience grief, and, two, how they are able to handle it. Right. I yeah. agree. Um, what pops out in my mind, this is while you were also mentioning things with kids, you know, I don't know, bedwetting. I mean, there's several causes of bedwetting or causes, but I guess there's also a psychological cause, or is there? Oh, there definitely could be. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people may relate bedwetting to anxiety if there's not a medical mm-hmm. condition associated with it. Um, mm-hmm. I have seen that in children who have um, been the victims of sexual abuse. Bedwetting is a right. is, mm-hmm. you know a reaction for them. Um, so it's not necessarily always related to something medical. Right. Okay. And then I guess if, you know, we're dealing with grief, but I guess there's a difference between grief and bereavement, or is there? Yes, there definitely Um, is. As mm -hmm. I was saying, you know, back in the day, (laughs) we always Uh, said, you know, grief was always associated with death, and that's not wrong, but what we're Determining now is grief is just a loss. It's any loss that affects you mm. in a way that kind of um, causes you to have some type of decline in your daily functioning. Bereavement is truly associated with death. So okay. that's the difference in when you start throwing terminology around. Mm-hmm. So grief, yes, it can be death, but it also can be like the loss of a lot of the things we mentioned, the jobs, the divorces, relationships, um, you know, property finances, that kind of thing. But bereavement is definitely associated with death. So when someone throws out the term bereavement, we know mm-hmm. that 
has had a loss um, of life. Right, right. Uh, and I guess that's that life could be human or, as you stated earlier, pet. I'm not a pet person, but I know some people who are. And I guarantee you, uh, unfortunately, if they lost that pet, you know, they've already admitted that they would. And my sister has a cat. I mean, <laughs> and she talks about the cat like it's her son. And I'm like, wow, hey, right. really? And so, but, I, you know, if something happened to that cat, uh, I'm quite sure, you know, there will be some changes uh, in her life with lifestyle and, and that kind of thing. And, and, I, and I guess there's also a difference between grief and, and depression. It is. Um, grief is truly something that's, you know, theoretically going to be a process in where you, progr- in where you progress to get better. Um, sometimes, though, grief can turn into depression because it takes on a different mm. meaning and other symptoms in which it prolongs it, and it just turns it into something else. It's like... Um, having a cake with the icing and then having a cake without the icing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> without the icing is grief, and then you add the icing, and then you have depression. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can example, see that. If you had to look at, you know, just symptoms. So you're talking about grief. You're talking about things like, you know, the crying spells, the sadness, you know, possible Sleep deprivation or oversleeping and your concentration may be off. You, you're going to have your happy and your sad memories and maybe some mild feelings of guilt, things like that. But when you get into depression, now you're getting into things like, um, I call it the nest factor, the worthlessness, mm-hmm. powerlessness, the hopelessness, the helplessness. Like those things start to add in and you get the agitation and some people get into the, you know, the suicidal thoughts and things like that. So mm. it takes on a different facet than it would with grief. Like, for example, grief, at some point, you'll not that grief ever becomes 100% easy, but there are things that you can do to make you feel better, whereas with depression, mm-hmm. it's like there is nothing that's making you feel better. Wow. So it just develops mm-hmm. into something else. So, like, for example, grief can, form, grief can develop into depression, but it's not like depression will develop into grief, if that makes sense. Right, right. And, well, you know, speaking of, of, of hearing terms being thrown around, um, you know, bipolar is like a term that's being used. It uh, is. Taking the lay public, just I heard someone in my office jokingly, you know, jokingly, called another person in the office, you know, bipolar. And, you know, and, you know, can you help help us help people understand that, you know, bipolar is a, is a is a is is a diagnosis, but it's not necessarily what you know, people ascribe to. Um, I think <laughs> You know, the, think because this this becoming like the new ADD, if that makes sense. Like ADD Right, right. Like any kid that has behavioral issues, right? Your exactly. ADHD. Well, some of that is just the kid is bad, and the kid doesn't right. pay attention. It's not necessarily ADHD. With bipolar, you truly have people that swing from a manic state, which is this hyper mm-hmm. state, into mm-hmm. this very low depressive state. Right. And, but some people are thinking that's synonymous with a regular mood swing. 
And okay. that's not necessarily true. <laughs> right, right. So just because somebody has, you know, some severe mood swings on occasion, it doesn't necessarily make them bipolar. <laughs> I right, right. Never had worked with or know someone who who truly has bipolar, um, by for lack of a better explanation, by textbook definition, mm-hmm. you would know the difference. And it's it's not. Unfortunately, until you have experienced someone, you know, face-to-face, in person, in their space that has that, you know, you're going to get the people throwing it around casually. like, oh, right. she's, Even she's on TV. So it not yeah, smiling or, she, or she's mad or she's crying or she's screaming at the top of her lungs. <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah. You, you do have that casual term being thrown around now. Right, right, yeah. I just thought I'd bring that up since we talk about depression because the depression part is part of you know i i remember it as you know by which usually means two so it goes from you know you're from one uh end of the spectrum to the other you know manic versus depressive so i I thought you know everyone kind of need to know that there is a specific term and specific criteria for diagnosis and no it is not necessarily your co-worker that's giving you a heart uh, right, so, the source is very important to the diagnosis. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, I got you. I like that one. The source yes. is a very, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I agree. Yes, but, you know, when, it, which we're going to talk about later and I'll get into later, but um, when we get into the stages of grief, it, I can kind of see how somebody who may not have a baseline for a person's norm might think, gosh, are they bipolar? Uh, well, grief doesn't cause you to be bipolar. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just have right. stages of grief that you go through. Like I said, and we'll get into that later. Right. And then yeah. I guess the last topic, last subtopic before we go to break is, you know, I, there's no uh, distinct, is there a distinct time frame for grief? I mean, I guess you got the short-term grief and prolong can you explain that and you know how is that important for one to understand sure um there is no time frame for grief there is not Mm. um there is no specific cycle for the stages of grief Uh, when you talk about acute grief versus prolonged grief um acute grief would be the sense of you know the things i mentioned earlier like there's the process but at some point your positive emotions, your your memories can kind of help you cope with that. And so you're right. able to navigate those feelings, and at some point you get back to a normal level of functioning for yourself. But when you're talking about prolonged grief, it is pretty debilitating in the sense of you start having this fear of forgetting the person or that you're going to betray the person that you lost by moving on or, you know, that life will never be the same. Um, it's almost like depression but just slightly different. You know, it's this persistent sense of disbelief and it's excessive guilt. Like it's a different – it's like grief on steroids. <laughs> mm, right, you, right. You really don't see a way out. Like everything that you would try to do to heal yourself – seems harmful almost, and so mm. it's, it's just debilitating almost to your um, progress of healing. And it's 
it's a fine line, but, you know, when you start getting into prolonged grief, hopefully, you know, you have people around you that recognize it and can help you get the help that you need to kind of get out of that space. Right. And, well, now, is there a difference between prolonged grief and depression? Yeah, well, you will probably experience some depression symptoms with the prolonged grief. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah, it kind of falls under that category. Right. Okay. Yeah. All so right. It's almost anonymous, slight differences, but, you know, they kind of work hand in hand. Well, yeah. with that, we'll go to our second break and discuss this more. And, you know, on this show, we don't like to just talk about the problem. We also like to talk about the solution. So we'll do that, and so we ask everyone to please stay tuned and be informed. Do you have a business, product, service, or an event coming up? Is your current marketing getting you nowhere? Survival Radio Network is an award-winning network with over 1 million downloads. We're offering high-exposure 30-second spots on our network, reaching diverse demographics both locally and nationwide. Give us a call at 323-977-8172 or visit our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us today. SRN, we do radio. Do you have tax issues, owe back taxes, or need tax relief? Contact L&B Tax Service today. L&B offers you over 15 years of expertise and first-class tax service for individuals, professionals, and business owners. With nationwide service, you can easily find a location near you. Contact one of our tax professionals through our website, lbtaxservice.com. That's www.lbtaxservice.com. L&B Tax Service Incorporated. Tax professionals that you can trust. Do you know that having a dirty filter in your heating and air system can cause major damage to your unit and pollute the air in your home? Having proper maintenance to your heating and air system is just like getting a tune-up on your car. Because you want today and avoid spending unnecessary money tomorrow. Call Temperature Design Heating and Air today. 770-823-7160. That's 770-823-7160. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. The S.R.N. Welcome back. We are glad to have you today we are discussing an interesting and great topic you are listening to the weekly wellness show your resource for better health on the survival radio network i'm your host dr aaron williams and our guest today is dr 
LaShawna Newton, a licensed professional counselor and certified rehabilitation counselor. And before the break, we talked about grief and depression and bereavement. So continuing on, Dr. Newton, what are the stages of grief and bereavement? What does one go through in this process? Well, you, depending on who you ask and whose research you believe, um, there might be five to seven stages of grief, but I am going to focus on the five. Mm-hmm. And they are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So if we break that down, of course, denial is that shock, is that it isn't happening. You know, it's almost like a numbness just to kind of protect you from wanting to believe that you have actually lost whatever it is that you have lost. And um, you can be in that state for a period of time. So, for example, if I were to relate it to death, um, there are instances that I've either been in personally that I've heard of someone dying, but it wasn't real to me until I saw the body without life. Mm, Um, mm. There are people who might lose a job, and they may hear, okay, we're letting you go, but it doesn't become real to them until they mistakenly wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning to get ready to go to a job that they've been going to for 20 years only to realize that job is not there anymore. And that could be by way of being uh, terminated or retirement. You know, there are people that I work with the military, and for as much as some of them might look forward to retirement mm-hmm. when actually get out, and that has been their life for 20 wow. or so years, they truly go through a transition that even they didn't expect. And there's nothing that can prepare them for that because they have lived in a world that has been monitored by the military, which is just a different system than the civilian world. So mm-hmm. it's a very heavy um, hit to them once they realize that part of their life is over. Um, you could even relate it to something like menopause for women. Right. Um, you know, you may stop, you may have a menstrual cycle that has ended, but it's not until like maybe the second or third month that you haven't had this menstrual cycle that you realize, okay, this is real. Like I am no longer having this part of my life that used to define me as a woman, and not that it doesn't define you anymore, but it's just a reality check. So a lot of times you're just in that denial until it truly manifests itself and can become tangible in some form that makes it real for you. So that's kind of like your denial stage, you know. Mm. So you you see this a lot in your field with the denial. Oh, Um, yes. Yeah. In medicine, specifically in my field, oncology, uh, unfortunately, I have some family members that are in denial. Uh, but you know it's it's uh, it's 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 real. I mean, uh, and I say that in terms of people being, you know, I know some people and particularly family members have been diagnosed with prostate cancer. They just don't want to accept that, and 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 uh, you know, it's just one of those things that I have to continue to work on. And I see that in, in the general population as well. But yes, I do understand what you, uh, the denial. Um, right. Right. So, you know, the second one of, and I say this as the second, but, again, it doesn't go in any order. 
but um, another stage is anger. You know, once the mm-hmm. reality does set in, yes. you have this feeling of frustration and helplessness that, you know, it, it can be very overwhelming or whatever the feeling is, it might manifest into anger. The hurt can manifest into anger. Um, you know, when it comes to death, you know, it's not uncommon for people to be angry with the loved one for leaving them or for doing mm-hmm. whatever it is that caused their death or, you know, leaving them behind, leaving behind some things that they felt they should have done together. And now the, I have to do this alone, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And it just manifests into this anger. And um, everybody's anger, of course, is different. Some people are introverts, some people are extroverts, so that can dictate how you handle that anger. Um, some people may take it out on the ones that are left behind, the kids, um, the loved ones, the siblings, the people who are trying to help you, you know. Um, it can be that. You may see older people who have lost some capacity to be able to care for themselves become very angry. Like it, it's funny because there's always like a angry old woman on a TV show mm-hmm. or an angry man on an old man on a TV show. You're like, why are they so angry? Well, guess what? They can't walk without a cane anymore, or their vision mm. might be impaired, or they may mm. not be able to hold their um, their urine or their bowels like they used to be able to. They they need assistance. They can't be left alone to themselves. They can't live by themselves. They can't drive anymore. These are significant things. When you think about someone like, for example, my grandfather lived until he was 99, and he was driving well until he was probably in his 80s. And even if it was just short distances, but you've been driving for like 50, 60 plus years, and all of a sudden you can't drive, or you've been able to see for these extended periods of time, and then all of a sudden you can't see, or you lose a limb. Um, I I remember there was a, I can't remember the name of the movie, Dr. Williams, but I promise you, this little boy lost his arm, and they had a funeral for it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But that's true. Like, he didn't have his arm anymore. But some people lose limbs, and that is just detrimental to their psyche. And then it right. manifests in the anger because they can't, there's nothing they can do about it. You can't bring the loved one back from death. You can't, you know, grow a limb. You can get a prosthetic, sure, but it's still not right. the same. Not even your people, arm. Yeah, even people who mm-hmm. may you lose their um, libido, sexual libido, erectile mm-hmm. dysfunction things like that, they become very angry. And that's how they're handling their inability to do something about the situation. So, right. you know, it, it becomes um, it becomes overwhelming. And I guarantee you people may not think that they can experience, oh, I'm, I'm not an angry person. Okay, let something happen to you that is pretty tragic. Right. I guarantee you, you, you will get angry, you know. Um, I make this joke all the time, but if there's truth in it, like you have people who may um, lose uh, in a relationship, and you have the people that do the homicide, suicides, or right, yes, killing the the other people who were, they were being cheated on with. And stuff. Like there, there is a reason that there are pleas for crimes of passion and temporary insanity because mm. of anger that comes wow. from a yeah. Like these people have lost something and have temporarily lost their mind, lost their minds that have caused them to do some things. And I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying right. it's a possibility, you know. Right. So you know, people 
underrate anger, and I think it's something that we need to take a longer look at when it comes to how you are handling loss in your life, you know. So that's another one. Um, Bargaining Bargaining is when, excuse me, you get into the if only I had done or the what if stage. Like if I had done this, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Or um, if I had paid more attention early on, like you just said, people get diagnoses all the time for cancer and then they don't do anything about it. But then right. when it's for chemo or something really heavy happens that requires right. the type of treatment, they start to think, well, what if I had done this? Or if only I had done this sooner. Right. You know, and I, like you said, you hear that all the time. All the time. But, you know, it, it it comes in different stages. And then, of course, you have the depression, which we've talked about, you know, um, the sadness it really begins to kick in once you start to understand what the actual loss is and what effect it is having on your life. So um, a lot of times I tell, I've told clients in the past that, you know, when you lose someone or something, you have to go through maybe like a year of anniversaries is what I call it. Uh-huh. Um, things that you're used to doing together or used to doing with someone, or it could be like, Maybe you were always the director of the company's annual picnic, and right. that was thing, and you were known for that. And now you're not doing that anymore. <laughs> or yeah. you took a particular trip with a girlfriend or the guys, and you've lost one of your friends, and they're not there anymore. You have these routine things that you used to do, like clockwork on a calendar right. here, and now whatever was associated with that, whether it's divorce, the pets. Uh, people, finances, like you may have had to file bankruptcy, and this annual family vacation you used to do, you can't do that anymore. That is very saddening. That can take your entire being to the point where you're just like, how am I going to make it? And it causes, again, it's that reality setting in, and it's not until that situation comes up that you realize that situation is now different or has changed forever. And that's pretty exactly. powerful when it hits you. Right. And so, you know, you go through these stages, and at some point you do get to the acceptance, which is like the final stage of grief. You begin to accept the reality of the loss, and it can't be changed. And that doesn't mean you're not still going to be sad or, you know, have these other feelings on occasions. You, it doesn't mean you're not going to still have the denial some days or the anger or the bargaining or the depression. It just means that you're able to work through it and you can move forward with your life. And, <clears throat> excuse me, start with what I call, um, what I was told is a new norm. Like I, uh, I lost my nephew a couple of years ago, and that was just probably the most traumatic thing I have ever had happen to me. And I went to mm-hmm. a support group. And I think one of the most powerful things, um, the support group was specifically for people who had lost children. So one of the most powerful things someone in the support group said was, it's never going to be the same. You have to figure out what your new norm is going to be. And across the board with any loss, that's what you have to do. You have to figure out what your new norm is going to be. So, no, it doesn't mean that you won't be sad or you won't have the anger or the denial or the days of, you know, well, if only I had done this. 
it just means, okay, I recognize that those are still stages of grief that I'm still working on, but I can still move forward. Right. So, yeah, well, so and, those and, are five stages of grief. Well, and that brings about the, 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 the next step is when should someone see a professional? I'm a, you know, and what is the treatment? Yeah, you know, how, you know, how do, I'm a how do we get through this? Yeah, I'm an advocate for getting help and being proactive, it, even if you don't necessarily feel like you need it at the moment. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is, you know, some people have things that happen, and they're like, oh, well, you know what, it'll be okay. But really the magnitude of the event, you're like, nah, <laughs> it'll right. be okay. But you may just want to just talk to somebody just because I think right. it's always important for you to have a support group, especially when there's somebody who can relate to exactly what you're going through. So, mm-hmm. for example, I think losing a child is different from losing a parent. Right. Not that either one of them weighs more than the other. One is apple, one is orange, but it's still fruit. So I think when you go to support groups or to people who have gone through what you've gone through, it's a little bit different. For example, um, even with the military, like mm-hmm. can, let's say they have lost um, some type of psychological trait due to war. So they would benefit from going to a support group with other people who have been in that situation. And, you know, it just helps you to have somebody to talk to that can relate to that. And it also, to me, kind of takes the edge off before things get really bad. I think what happens as a community, especially in the black community, we're like, okay, Mm -hmm. you know what, I don't have time to deal with this. I'll be fine. I'm just going to keep on moving with life. And you don't take the time to grieve. People act like grief is not normal, like, oh, well, I shouldn't Mm -hmm. be sad and I shouldn't be crying and I shouldn't, you know, be unable to get out of bed or not eating or yes yes you should if you have lost something it is natural for you to go through these things but i think we're just so driven by well i gotta work because i gotta take care of my family or i gotta do this well you or to do that and all these other factors that consume our lives that seem important well you taking care of yourself is important too and if you neglect to take care of yourself you're not going to be able to go to that job you're not going to be able to love on your kids or your family like you used to because you have let this grief go unhandled and it's starting to manifest itself in ways that we talked about earlier that you're not even recognizing now. Right, right. And so the idea is is necessarily don't, you know, and maybe we should briefly discuss, you know, the myths of, because what happens is, you know, in some of the literature that I guess you and I have talked about, you know, they discuss the myths and facts about grief, and one of them is what you mentioned. You know, uh, don't cry or or be strong. I I I, I and in my family, that's a well. And uh, even in the Jackson family, Michael Jackson family, I mean, Joe Jackson is like, you know, you know, or the Kennedys. You know, that is like, you know, Kennedys don't cry. I don't know whether anybody saw that that biography, but that was of kind of prevalent. In, in that family, uh, no, you know, not saying it's right or wrong, but I think there are certain myths uh, involved with this that can either that can keep people from seeing the proper help 
that they need. I agree. So when you're talking about myths, like common ones, are the pain will go away faster if you ignore it. Not true. Mm-hmm. If you ignore it and prevent it from surfacing, it's just going to get worse in the long run. And you know, just like I know, if you break a bone or you pull a muscle, it takes time to heal. But if you ignore it, the injury right. is going to get worse. And the physical and mental is no different. You have to care for the injury. So you can't ignore it and just think that it's mm-hmm. going to go away. No, it's definitely going to get worse. Um, you know, and like you said, it's a lot of people say, oh, it's important to be strong in the face mm-hmm. of loss. Well, no, you need a moment where you don't have to be strong. You do. Right. You just need that moment where you can be whatever it is that you need to be and allow that to happen. You know, I again, we get caught up in this mirage of, well, you know, I just have to keep on moving and, you know, just keep doing the things I used to do and and not worry about this. Not, no, that's not the norm. And I really wish I could pinpoint when society tried to make that the norm, and it's not. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have people out here committing suicide, especially these young kids, you know, because it's like, oh, well, be strong and, oh, you're just being emotional or uh, you're being a punk or you're being a sissy or whatever. Like, it's so degrading. Like, you're degrading people for having regular human emotions, and that's not okay. Um, So, no, it's not necessarily the time to be strong, per se. And, you know, crying, a lot of people... People handle loss differently. Some people mm-hmm. cry, some people don't. Just because you don't cry doesn't mean you didn't care. Right. Um, again, it depends on your personality and how your inner turmoil manifests. And so there shouldn't be judgment about how people handle the grief. Which you, again, it always goes back to that baseline of, you know, what is their norm? And now what are they doing that's hyper or hypo- in relation to their norm, so you can figure out, you know, the best way to help somebody who's going through that. Uh, oh, right. this is a common one. I, I think you and I have probably both heard this one. Grief should last about a year. Ooh, right, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall that being on any calendar, hours, the Mayan calendar. Right. He's like, I don't know where that came from. There is no time frame for it. There is a severity, I put it like this, there's no time frame, but there is a severity of symptoms that you probably need to look at when it comes to, okay, I need to evaluate whether I need to seek help for this. So time frame, no. But if your symptoms are improving some, you know, that's when I think that's the, the key factor in, okay, I need to get some help, or if you're, trying to help someone who's going through something, maybe we should talk about getting them some help. So right. that's also, you know, uh, something to consider. And last but not least, moving on with your life means forgetting about your loss. You are never going to forget about that loss, ever. Right. And I think people fear that they will be judged in coming out of grief. But what are you supposed to do? Like, 
just because you had the death of something or or someone doesn't mean that you're dead. You're still here. So it's not fair to expect you just to be walking around in misery all the time, you know? Right. And uh, people get caught up in that. I've seen the judgment on, especially people who get out of relationships. Uh, Well, gosh, you moved on really fast or that didn't take any time for you to bounce back and start doing this or doing that. Well, I mean, people heal at different rates. Right. And so you can't judge someone based on how they bounce back from a loss. So that's another myth. And I think these myths are what get us in trouble. (laughs) Right. Well, if we had to summarize, you know, some uh, treatment over the next couple of minutes, you know, um, you know, you know, and so people can go away with some nuggets here. Um, you know, I saw one, one where you know, okay, one, make sure you take care of yourself physically. Yes. Uh, would you agree with that? I definitely agree with that. Take care of yourself physically. Make sure you're eating, sleeping, exercising, or what, whatever it is that you need to do to make sure your temple is in order. Um, on a regular day, if you don't get enough sleep, you'll be cranky. So if you're going through something and you're not getting enough sleep, what do you think you're going to be? You're going to be the Grinch. Like it's not, right. <laughs> it's not, um, you know, engineering math is is very simple. You have to take care of yourself physically. Right. So take care of yourself physically, if need be. See a medical doctor about that medical con- uh, condition, but. I guess, like you're saying, you're an advocate of early intervention to see a mental health professional. Also see or reach out to a mental health professional or or a support group? Yes. I'm I'm an advocate for reaching out to mental health professionals, support groups uh, of any shape, form, or fashion, any clergy at church, um, if Mm -hmm. you have family and friends. Some people don't want to go the – what I call the professional route. Like if you have an MD or a PhD or EDD behind your name, they're like, oh, I don't need that. Okay, well, that's fine. Reach out to family and friends. Just make sure that, you you know, you understand that you're not in this alone and use your support. Right. That's, the, that's the best thing I can say is whatever your support system is, use it. Mm-hmm. And is is there a time for medication? I agree that there is a time for medication mm-hmm. and that it's, up to each individual, what I will say is if you're taking medication, you need to do the counseling in conjunction with the medication. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Don't Don't just take the medication. Take the medication. And any good, what I feel like a good practitioner, like a psychiatrist or a regular MD, would tell you, please seek counseling in addition to taking this medication. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Now, Dr. Newton, do, do you see patients? Or do you see in, a, in the private setting, or? Um. <laughs> if not, I didn't. I didn't know whether you know it. You know, if someone out there if they needed to uh, get advice, or if or what what would you? Is there like a website of list of professional counselors if someone uh, wanted to uh, find someone that might could help them? I would say go to. I would always say if you have insurance, start with your insurance because you probably okay. have no. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm laughing because that was a hot topic last 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 yeah, week. Yeah, check with your insurance because okay. if you have benefits, then they should be able to give you a list of providers who accept your insurance in your area. 
So that cuts down on a lot of your searching. But really it's all about Google search, ask friends and family if they've seen somebody. Um, a lot of people like to go to somebody that they've heard about. You know, okay. to know that, you know, I feel like I'll be comfortable with this person. And don't be afraid to call and screen the people before you set up an appointment. Ask the questions right. that you want to ask. Do they have the expertise in this area that you're looking to get help from? Um, but Google search, psychology today, but okay. always for the insurance first. Your employee assistant, okay. human resources, your insurance provider. If you have the insurance coverage, you definitely want to use it and do um, that. Call them and they'll send you the list. Or if you have a church family, there are usually people at your church that will provide counseling as well. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we certainly thank you for allowing us to benefit from your expertise. You know, I would love to have you back uh, sometime in the near future to talk about, uh, you know, an, another similar topic. Uh, I think great. this is, you know, this is uh, something that we need to, you know, educate the community. So thank you very much, Dr. Newton, for, You're welcome. for You're helping welcome. us today. I appreciate it. With, thank you for having me on. Great. Well, with that, we thank you all for joining us. Don't forget to join us again next week. And if you uh, missed part of this and want to listen to it again, don't forget to go to www.weeklywellnessshow.com. Until next week, be healthy. Be happy and be kind. come from uh well uh honey mommy went to the store oh well you see um well there's a mommy and a daddy right right and see when they call geico uh they could save a bunch of money on car insurance oh really and that makes them happy yes that makes them very happy that's good yeah well i'm glad we could have this talk sunshine <laughs> geico because saving 15 percent or more on car insurance is always a great answer this Mother's Day, take your mom on a cruise through the amazing aisles at Half Price Books. It's a trip around the world. Invite her to spend the day with her favorite authors, actors, musicians, hobbyists, and of course, her most thoughtful kid. After all, browsing a great bookstore with a loved one is probably just her cup of tea. Hey, mom gave you the gift of reading. Return the favor during Take Mom to a Bookstore Week, May 8th through Mother's Day at Half Price Books.